Recorded live. To start conference recording, press 1. To return, this conference is being recorded. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning to everyone. We thank you for joining us for our 8 a.m. Bible School. Amen. Um, at this time, I'm going to ask if you would go ahead and put that information on your Facebook page or Twitter, send an email, text, whatever you have to do. Get your family and friends together for a time of Bible study on this morning. And that number is 805-399-1000, and the access code is 420-123-POUND. Again, make sure you invite your family and friends to our Sunday morning Bible school. If you have to add them in with you, amen, add them in. We want to get as many people in on the Bible lesson today because we need it. This is an urgent, urgent lesson, and, and we really need this in order to go forth. And as you go ahead and post that information, I'm going to uh, go ahead with this morning's announcement. You have reached the Message of Christ Church, and this is our Sunday morning Bible school. Next Christ Church host Mega Prayer Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. and 12 noon Central Standard Time. Also, you can join us on Mondays at 7 p.m. for Miracle Monday, hosted by Evangelist Betty Howard. Amen. On the first Friday of each month, we ask that you would please join us for a time of midnight prayer. That's the first Friday of every month. On the first Saturday of every month, we ask that you would to go out to the website and register for our prophetic training classes. That's on the first Saturday of the month, and you have to register for the prophetic training classes. Also, um, you can contact this ministry. Amen. I'm sorry. You're here for our 8 a.m. Study. We have our 8 a.m. Bible study every Sunday. On the first Sunday of the month, we have our regular church service at 11 a.m. So we ask that you would join us on the first Sunday as well for our regular church service. Amen. If you wish to reach Mission of Christ Church or make a prayer outside of the broadcast line, you may do so by contacting us on the 24-hour prayer line. That number is 312-600-7729. Again, 312-600-7729. Make sure to leave a voice or text message with a detailed message, and one of the intercessors will get back with you as soon as possible. Also, you can contact us via email. That email address is messageofchrist at yahoo.com. Dot com, Mr. Christ at yahoo.com. And the other way to contact us is via the website. That web address is messageofchrist.net. Messageofchrist.net. 
on the prayer wall. You can post your prayer requests, your praise reports, and we will be happy to praise the Lord or pray over your prayer requests. Also, if you wish to donate to this ministry, if this ministry has been a blessing to you, we ask that you will prayerfully consider sowing seeds on this good, solid ground. Amen? So if you would like to donate, please go ahead and donate. If you would like to partner, amen, we would like to see you partner as well. On our website, you will find where we're going with the ministry, amen. We're getting ready for our prayer and our financial tour. And so um, check out the website. It may be coming to a city near you. So we want to make sure that you stay connected to the ministry and where the Lord is leading us. If you feel led that you desire to be an intercessor on this prayer line with this ministry, you can look on the website and you can send us information to let us know that we're that you're interested in becoming an intercessor for the mega prayer. And one of uh, the ministry leaders will get back with you. Amen. Without further ado, I'm just excited about the word this morning and prayer. So we're going to go ahead and go forward in prayer. And then we're going to come back with a time of uh, the word. Most gracious and merciful Father God, we just thank you, Lord God. We thank you, God, for another day, God, that wasn't promised to us, God. We thank you, God, for brand new mercies, God, every day, God. But we thank you, God, that as we slept, God, on last night, God, as we traveled up and down the dangerous highways, God. Lord God, even, God, as we went out, oh God, into the marketplace, God, and we saw those things, oh God, that were strange, God. Lord, we thank you and we praise you, God, that you, God, protected us and kept us, oh God, from all hurt, harm, and danger, God. We thank you, God, that you watched over us, God, as we slept on last night, God. We thank you, God, that even during the night season, God, that we didn't get a phone call, God. Lord, we thank you and we praise you, God, for covering our loved ones, God. We thank you, God, for covering our loved ones, God, that don't know you, God, in the pardon of their sins, God, those that have walked away from you, God. Lord, God, we just cover them right now with the blood of Jesus, God. Lord, God, we just ask right now, God, that you would allow your saving grace, God, oh, God, to reach down, oh, God, and minister to the hearts and the minds of our loved ones, God. Minister to the hearts and the minds of the people, God, that say that there is no God. Minister to the hearts and the minds, God, to those that have lost their way, God. They feel downtrodden, God. Lord God, minister to those, oh God, that say that there are other gods, Lord, that they serve, God. Lord God, we decree and declare right now, God, that your saving grace, oh God, Lord God, that many, 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 many will be saved on this year, God, that they will come running, God, crying, what must I do to be saved, oh God? And, Lord God, we thank you and we praise you, God, that you're not saving them to sit, God. You're not saving them, oh, God, to squat, God. But, Lord God, you're saving them to serve, God. Oh, God, we thank you and we praise you, oh, God, that you, God, thank you, Jesus, are increasing the number of souls, oh, God. We thank you, God, for the harvest, God. Lord God, we thank you, oh, God, that we have 
hard, oh God, in prayer, God, that, Lord, we have laid before you, God, fasting and praying, oh God, seeking, oh God, souls, oh God, praying, oh God, over the lost souls, oh God, not just our loved ones, God, not just our friends, God, but, Lord, our foes, oh God. Lord God, we thank you and we praise you, oh God, for their souls, oh God. We thank you, oh God, that you're renewing their mind, oh God. We thank you, God, that you're ordering their footsteps on today, oh God. Oh God, in the name of Jesus, God. Lord God, we thank you and we praise you, oh God. We recognize, God, that it's 8 a.m. here, oh God. But Lord God, somewhere else, oh God, it's 4 p.m., oh God. Lord God, we just ask God that as they conclude their church services, oh God, as they go into their church services, oh God, Lord God, we pray right now, oh God, that Lord, you would allow, oh God, thank you, Jesus, salvation, oh God, to go forth, God, in third world countries, God. We thank you, oh God, for salvation going forth, God, in Africa, God, in Asia, God. Thank you, Jesus. And in Indonesia, God. Oh, God, in Turkey, God. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, God, that is going forth in India, God, in China, in Japan, in Europe, oh, God, in Afghanistan, God. We thank you, God, for the harvest of souls, oh, God. Lord God, we don't pray, oh, God, thank you, Jesus, without a purpose, oh, God. Our purpose, oh, God, as we come to this prayer today, oh, God, is we're seeking, oh, God, the lost, oh, God. Lord God, we're calling out their souls on today, oh, God. Oh, God, God, we snatch their souls, oh God, from the pits of hell, oh God. And we thank you and we praise you, oh, today, God. Lord God, that they will come to you, oh God. Oh God, we thank you, God, that you, God, don't look at us, oh God. You don't look at our faults, oh God. You forgive us, oh God. So, Lord God, we thank you, oh God, that you're a forgiving God. In the name of Jesus, God. Lord God, those seeking healing on today, God. Those that have been in the hospital, God. Lord God. God, some, oh God, laying on the bed of affliction, oh God. Lord, the doctors have given them a death sentence, oh God. Some, oh God, thank you, Jesus, are on the brink, oh God, thank you, Jesus, of life and death, oh God. But Lord God, we thank you, oh God, that you, God, have a healing virtue, oh God, according to your word, oh God, that by your stripes, God, that we are healed, oh God. So we thank you, oh God, for the healing virtue on today, God. We thank you, oh God, that it don't take months. God. It don't take years, God, that you're that kind of God, oh God, according to Isaiah 58 and 8, oh God, that you can heal, oh God, speedily, God. So we thank you, oh God, for speedy recovery, oh God. We thank you, oh God, for those, oh God, in need of surgery, oh God. We thank you, God, that you're working everything and needing it back together, oh God, that they don't even need the surgery, God. In the name of Jesus, God, we thank you, oh God, for delivering, oh God. We thank you, God, for delivering those, oh God, thank you, Jesus, that are caught up, oh God, in their own self-righteous ways, God. Those, oh God, that are caught up, oh God, in drugs and alcohol, oh God, addictions, oh God, addicted to sex, oh God, addicted to gambling, oh God. Oh God, we thank you, we praise you, oh God, for delivering, God, right now in the mighty name of Jesus, God. Lord God, we release right now, God, finances, oh God, for those, oh God, thank you, Jesus, with the back pressed up against the wall, oh God. Don't know, oh God, how they're going to make it out, oh God. Lord God, I thank you, oh God, for supernatural release of finances, oh God. I call it in right now in the name of Jesus, oh God. I call it in from the north, the south, the east, and the west, oh God. I thank you and I praise you, oh God, that you're turning that zero, oh God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh God, into some superficial
special numbers, oh God. I thank you, God, that you're making them four digits, six digits, seven digits, eight digits, oh God. In the mighty name of Jesus, God, I thank you, oh God, for your faithful servants, oh God. I thank you and I praise you, oh God. Thank you, Jesus, that we've been taught. You've given us. Thank you, Jesus. Leader, oh God, purpose, oh God, to teach us, oh God. Thank you, Jesus. How to get wealth, oh God. Oh God, how to prosper, oh God, in the name of Jesus, God. So we thank you, oh God. We hold the word dear to our hearts on today, God. We thank you and we praise you, God. We plead the blood of Jesus, oh God, over each and every person, oh God, in the fivefold ministry, oh God. Lord God, I ask, oh God, that you would touch them right now from the crown of their heads to the soles of their feet, oh God. Encourage their hearts on today, God. Oh God, give them a deeper revelation, oh God. Lord, I just ask and pray, oh God. Thank you, Jesus. As they prepare to minister, oh God, to the people, oh God. Lord God, that you will minister to them, oh God. Increase the anointing in them, oh God. In the name of Jesus, oh God. Hide them behind the cross, oh God. As they preach the uncompromising gospel, oh God. To send men, women, boys, and girls, oh God. In the name of Jesus, God. In the name of Jesus, God. We thank you, oh God, that the Spirit, oh God, will not be quenched, oh God. But Lord God, that they will allow the Holy Ghost Oh God, so rest, rule, and abide in the place, oh God. We thank you and we praise you, oh God, for the Shekinah glory, oh God, raining down, oh God, in every church house on today, oh God. In the name of Jesus, oh God, we thank you and we praise you, God, for the Shekinah glory, oh God, shall come to this line, oh God, during this time, oh God. We thank you and we praise you, God. Lord God, even as they minister, oh God, and when they're done, God, we ask God that you will restore them, refresh them, oh God, in the name of Jesus, God. Lord, we thank you for each and every intercessor, oh God. Oh God, help them, oh God. Strengthen them, oh God, that they will remain, oh God, steadfast and immovable, oh God. Oh God, watchmen on the wall, oh God. Gatekeepers, oh God, in the name of Jesus, God. Teach them, oh God, how to pray strategically, oh God, in the name of Jesus, oh God. Now, Lord, as I prepare, oh God, to give this word, oh God, not my word, God, but your word, oh God, that you've given to me, God. Oh God, let them, oh God, not see me, oh God. Thank you, Jesus. But, oh God, allow them to see you, oh God. Hide me, oh God, behind the altar, oh God. Oh God, I thank you and I praise you, oh God, for the word, oh God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Lord God, that as it falls down, oh God, thank you, Jesus. Oh God, that lives, oh God, will be changed, oh God. Oh God, transformed, oh God. Oh, God, we thank you and we praise you, God, for what you're doing, oh, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you, God, for using me, oh, God, as a vessel, God. Oh, God, I thank you, and I love you, God. For it's in Jesus' name we pray and ask it all. Amen. 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 We thank everyone once again for joining us, those that have just come to the line. We praise God for you joining us for this morning's 8 a.m. Sunday school, Bible study, um, amen. And um, I'm just excited. I'm just really, really excited, and, and I'm just excited. I have to calm down. <laughs> Give me a minute. I have to calm down. I'm excited about the word. Um, I love, I love, I love teaching, and I just have to calm down because God just really gave me something, something to share, Amen. So um, as we um, go into today's lesson, amen, and my lesson is coming from uh, the King James uh, Standard Lesson Commentary, and so this lesson is titled, Clothed and Ready. 
and it's coming from Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. And our background scripture is the same scripture, and our devotional is Colossians 3, 12 through 17. And our key verse for today is Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11. It reads, put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Amen. Amen. And so I'm going to go ahead and go forward um, with my lesson. Amen. The supreme art of war is to subdue the enemy without fighting. Victorious warriors win first and then go to war, while defeated warriors go to war first and then seek to win. Regard your soldiers as your children, and they will follow you into the deepest valley. Look on them as your own beloved sons, and they will stand by you even unto death. If you know the enemy and know yourself, you need not fear the results of a hundred battles. If ignorant both of your enemy and yourself, you are certain to be in peril. The general who wins the battle makes many calculations in his temple before the battle is fought. The general who loses makes but few calculations beforehand. The world's greatest military and law enforcement leaders, business and political strategists have been influenced by these very quotes of an ancient Chinese general named Sun Wu. His simple principles that are critical to success are, number one, know yourself. Number two, know your enemy. Number three, be prepared for every circumstance that you may use your strength against your opponent's weakness. Spiritual warfare specifically tailored principles for it. Then is where this is where we introduce our writer for today's lesson, the Apostle Paul. Awareness of the situation, advanced preparation, and mutual support during conflict. Paul's plan has the physical, mental, and spiritual side to fight battles. The good stewardship of our spiritual resources, when we use those, we will win. Into the lesson. As we know, Saul was from the Jewish tribe of Benjamin. And when describing himself, He said he was a Hebrew of the Hebrews in regard to the Mosaic law, a Pharisee Pharisee with much zeal. He was raging war against the Christian church and did all that he could to stop the growth. Now, we're going to put a pen right there on Saul 
persecuting the Christian church and trying to keep it from growing. And we're going to go back to um, uh, last week's teaching. During last week's teaching, prophetess asked us to research your name. Your name means something. Your name entitles you to something. So I went back and I researched Saul's name, okay? So here we have another Saul. It says, we all know King Saul. He, too, is from the tribe of Benjamin. He became the first king of Israel. He led his army with the help of God to defeat the Philistines, the Moabs, the Ammonites, the Edomites, the king of Zohama, excuse me, Zohama, I can't read my hand right. The Bamad and the Amalekites. He disobeyed God, and re- he was rejected as the king. Now we see that King Saul and Saul the Pharisee. Number one, they from the same lineage. Number two, they had their own plan. At the end of the day, they had their own plan that they come out with, but. We can both, we can all just thank God for grace. Both of these men were great and mighty, but if it wasn't for the grace of God, Saul, the persecutor of the Christian church, amen, he may have ended up where his ancestor was, losing his throne, amen. But God, because of grace, amen, he allowed Paul excuse me, Saul to go on the road to Damascus where he had this conversion. And during this conversion, he became, he got a new name, and his new name became Paul. So even as Saul, Saul was zealous, he had tenacity, and he did not let anything stop him, hinder him from what he had purpose in his mind and in his heart to do. So when he received his conversion, he went on his journey as a missionary. Amen. He traveled. He traveled. Whatever Paul set his mind to do, he did it well. He did it with all the colors. He did it with all the stripes. He didn't have step. He didn't have step when he was persecuting the church. And now here we have him as a missionary. He's not half stepping, doing the Lord's work as a missionary. And so he did well in all that he did. And that's how we should purpose to be while we're on our mission. I know we sing that song at church. When I'm on my mission, Lord, guide me. Sometimes we want to guide ourselves. We, we second guess that this is God leading us. Paul, Paul did not have that trouble. Paul had his mind focused, and in order for him to have his mind focused, I know I'm jumping ahead of myself, in order for him to have his mind focused, that means that he spent a whole lot of time with God so that he knew that he had direct order 
divine orders from God where to go, who to go to, who to talk to on each and every mission trip that he went on. And it says here, um, our mission, whether it is in our city, I mean, we're all missionaries, amen, whether we are uh, telling people in our city, we're going out in the city, if we're going out in the mall, the stores, the school, if, if we're going across the county, the state, we're going across the United States, even if we're going across the waters into another nation, we need God's direction. We just don't, we, we can't take mission work lightly. We have to seek God and we have to ask God for what territory he would have us to go into. This is what Paul did. He asked God. He waited on God. And then he began to proceed and do all the work that he was designed to do. Paul didn't allow anything or anyone to stop him. No, he didn't. Paul went to prison. He was under house arrest. He got an unfair Judicial system, he got whipped, he got stoned, he got punched, he was shipwrecked. But guess what? He never stopped. In his heart, in his mind, he purposed in his mind, I got to get this message out. I got to preach this gospel. So it didn't matter what happened, he got back up, kept on going as if nothing was going on. In ministry, that's the way we have to be. We can't get caught up in our emotions. We can't get caught up in what's going on in the situation, what's going on around us. We got to keep pressing forward according to Philippians 3 and 14. We got to keep moving forward. An army cannot just sit idle if we are in the army. We cannot sit idle. I'm jumping ahead of myself again. But we have to focus on going forward. If we continue to sit in the same place, amen, all the time we become stagnated. And when we become stagnated, we become stale. And when we become stale, we begin to stink. We whine, we complain, we fuss, we grumble, nothing is right. We lose our joy, we lose our focus, we lose our dream, everything. We lose the vision because we became stagnated. We're not trying to enrich ourselves in the world. We're not trying to go forth because we're still stuck on silly. We're still stuck on the same thing that happened 20, 30 years ago. Paul could have sat there and on house arrest and said, huh, I've been here and I'm still sitting here. I'm not going to do nothing. I'm just going to kick my heels up. I'm not going to do anything. But, no, Paul didn't say that. No, I'm going to keep on going. I'm going to keep on pressing. While he was on house arrest, he didn't sulk. He didn't complain. He didn't even kick against the prick. He could have did all kinds of stuff while he was in there. Uh, he could have tried to escape. He didn't try that either. So what he did while he was on there is he began to use what he had while he was in the place that he was. See, sometimes we have to go ahead and work through the condition and allow God to give us the increase because we know that when we go out 
into the land, when we go out to witness, each and every journey that we go on, on a mission trip, we don't know if we're going to make it back. We don't know if we're going to be persecuted, prosecuted. We don't know what will happen. Only God knows the end result. But if he has given you divine orders to go out into the hedges and the highways and the byways, and we all are to go out and witness, if he has given given us those divine orders, we understand the risk each and every time that we step out, each and every time. We say we have freedom of religion, but guess what? Our freedom is on the line. We have all kinds of stuff while we're sitting here uh, on the prayer line, while we're sitting in our churches inside the four walls on the comfort of our pews, amen, in our closets on our knees. There's a war going on out there. We have to stand up. We have to go forward and do what needs to be done. We just cannot continue to say we're going to send God, we send Jesus. Somebody else is going to do that. It's going to remain the same. Paul didn't never look at the situation as it was going to remain the same. Paul never looked at the situation and said, God, you go. No, Paul was consistent. He was faithful. He was true to the game. He was true to the purpose. Amen. So he took out his pen and his paper. He said, if I can't do nothing else, I can write. I can put my ministry on paper and I can write. Somebody going to read it. So that's what he began to do. He began writing letters to the church, continuing to do what? Go forth in ministry. Amen. Maybe somebody on the line got a ministry of writing books. Maybe you're not a good speaker. Maybe maybe you're not a psalmist. You know, maybe you're not a dancer. Maybe you're not good at teaching or preaching. But God given, has given you great writing skills, great grammar skills. And so use the gift that he's given you. Paul used every gift God gave him in the midst of his stress, his trials. He kept pressing forward. Now, we're going to go into the scripture. Amen. I'm sorry. The background, you have to have the background before we can go into the scripture. Division one is spiritual awareness. And we're starting at verse 10. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Amen. So we're going to go back up to verse 10 where Paul says, Finally, my brethren. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So as I assume, because I love to write too, Paul is just about to conclude his letter. You know the part when we put P.S. 
he's about to conclude his letter, and he's summing everything up. So he said, wait a minute, before you close the letter and put it back in the envelope, before you roll it back up, I got something else I need to say. So you you better not roll it up till you read this. He says, number one, he says, be strong in the Lord. How do we as Christians be strong in the Lord? Well, number one, we got to obey Christ in every area, regardless of the circumstance. Amen. Get that? Regardless of the circumstance, we have to obey Christ in every area of our life. We operate, when we operate in the natural and in the flesh, we can't be who God has called us to be. As we see what happened with his ancestor, King Saul. King Saul operated in the flesh. He was like, well, you know, a little, a little this is not going to hurt, you know. It, it, it's, it's not going to hurt. You know, sometimes we think, oh, I'm not going to overdo it just a little bit. I just want a little taste of this. I just want a little taste of that. Okay, I've never used drugs, but I've heard that, you know, people that have, you know, they, they just get a little taste of it. And that little taste, they want a little bit more to see how the effect is going to be on the next time. I mean, even at school, you know, I tell my kids, don't take candy from anyone. That's how kids get addicted to things. Don't take it because sometimes they lace that stuff with drugs. So then they give them the candy. Okay, get this. They give them the candy to get them started. But then after a while, they keep desiring that urge to get back in that. It's deeper. They want it. They got to have it. So they say, oh, if you want some more, you know, you got to pay for it. You know, that giving it to them was a way of luring them in to the whole thing. When they're thinking, this, oh, it's not going to hurt. This little bit is not going to hurt. It's okay. It's not going to hurt. I'm, I'm, I'm just um, staying focused on the point that we have to make sure that we don't allow anything, any little thing to hinder us from following Christ. Any little thing. It might be little to us. But it may be big to God. Those little things that we have, those little things that we hide, we hide from one another. But guess what? We can hide nothing from God. He sees everything. We can hide from one another, but we cannot hide from God Almighty. He's all seeing. He's all knowing. God is everywhere. So, we have to focus on living right. And how do we focus on living right? According to Romans 12, 1, it says here, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Here's the kicker. And be not conformed to this world, 
but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen. And that's what he wants us to be, in his perfect will. So we have to live according to how he is telling us to live. Now, the power of his might is made available to us in the battle against evil. Verse 11 says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. This is the battle cry, okay? This is the battle cry. Put on the whole armor of God. That as soldiers, we have to be equipped with the entire thing. And I I just have to say, you know, what would a soldier look like or a police officer look like if they went out to battle, they went out on the front line, and they like, oh, my God, I left my gun at home today. Oh, I left my gun in the locker. Or I left my... They would look like toy cops and toy soldiers. They're not prepared for battle. They don't have the whole armor. They don't have everything that they need to be successful in this battle. And that's what we don't want. We don't want to be out in the battle and be like, uh-oh, I forgot something. I didn't come out fully dressed today. I tell my kids on um, uh, Bible study night, I tell them, never leave out the house naked. When we walk out the house without putting on the whole armor of God, we go outside naked in our birthday suit. Just imagine yourself walking outside in your birthday suit. Did you put on your whole armor of God today? So when we sign up as enlistees and cadets, we were aware of the sacrifice. Amen. When we gave Jesus Christ our hand and said, hey, I want to be a part, we were made aware of the sacrifice. We were aware of the decision. Nobody forced us. We came willing, and we said we were ready and able to serve. But now, once you get past the point of being enlisted and cadets, We have our soldiers, our generals, our lieutenants, you know, the ranking of these uh, organizations. God prepares us in advance before we go out to battle because to be successful. Because he says again, here Paul says again, stand against the wiles of the devil. My thing is, I always say that the enemy is on his A game. The enemy is going out seeking to whom he may devour. (laughs) But now, are we on our A game? Are we praying? Are we seeking souls? Are we fasting? Are we trying to win? Are we trying to draw others to Christ? So if the enemy is on his game, we need to step up ours. Every day, because the enemy don't just, you know, it says he's, he goes out seeking to whom he may devour. He's restless. He's just going to and fro throughout the land. He's a busybody. He's going here, going there, going here, going there. But ain't it good that 
Satan don't have the power that God has, that God can be everywhere. Amen. God is everywhere. The next verse, verse number 12, says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. This is not a physical fight. Do not put on your boxing gloves. Don't take out your AK-47. Don't take out your pepper spray, your stun gun. None of that. You don't need none of that. Don't take out your bat. You don't need none of that. This is not a physical fight. So if we come out trying to fight this war physically, we're going to tie ourselves out. It's going to be like swatting flies, just batting at the air, just swinging, swinging, tirelessly swinging, and never, ever, ever winning the battle. So we have to be aware of, in this battle, we have to be aware of our own weaknesses. So those areas that we are weak, we have to ask the Lord to build us up where we're weak so that we don't fall into the hands of the enemy, okay? Because this is flesh and blood. When we're in our flesh, when we're in ourselves, okay, we can allow some things to happen. And unintentionally sometimes, but they happen, okay? They happen. And we're still held accountable, regardless if it was an accident, regardless if, you know, I'm, I'm just pleading the, what they call it, I'm pleading the fifth, the whatever it is, I'm pleading the third, whatever it is, however the cliche goes, we have to make sure that we are standing up when we should stand up. Amen. Those areas where we walk in darkness, those are the gates in which we allow the enemy to enter in. So those areas are, quote, unquote, spiritual gray areas. The enemy is aware of those areas. He's looking for a little bitty crack accredited to enter in. And a lot of times through that little crack, through that little crevices, we've given them permission to come in. And then we say, I don't know why I'm going through all this. You know, the devil did this, the devil did that. Go back. Research yourself. Look at yourself. Take your spotlight. Spot it on you. Stand in the mirror. Look at yourself. What have I done to open this up? Now, not all the time that it's us. Sometimes we go through a period of testing, but when we're tempted, that's of the enemy. That's the enemy. God will never tempt us. Don't say it. Don't say it. Remove it. God will never tempt us. Amen. So we're going to go ahead and go over to division number two. Division two is the battle preparation. It says, wherefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having your lions girt about with truth, and having your breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, 
above all things, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the enemy, and take the helmet of salvation. Amen. So as we begin this division of our lesson, it's a repeat. It's a repeat. He tells us, put on your whole armor of God, just in case you didn't hear me the first time. I want to make sure you got this clear. Just in case you have selective hearing, and just in case you have short-term memory, and just in case you just really don't understand. He says, put on the whole armor of God, whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand, withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. So he goes back and reiterates that, and he says, put on the whole armor that you may withstand, listen to this, withstand, then he says stand. So he tells us to put on the whole armor. He repeats that, and then he keeps repeating the word stand, withstand, stand. Now, how do we stand our ground as soldiers? We stand our ground as soldiers by um, our faith and being faithful to godly living. Amen. We're going to turn over to Romans 13 and 12. And I'm going to read the scripture. No, I'm sorry. Romans 13 and 13. It says, let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rising and drunkenness, not in chambering and not in wantonness, not in strife and envy. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. So we have to walk according to the word of God. We can't walk any kind of way and say that we are walking according to our faith. If we're walking according to the word of God and we say that we're saved, we're filled, and we're baptized with the Holy Ghost, and we're shouting every time we get in the church and we come back out, and we're doing what the world is doing, we're not walking according to our faith. We're walking in deceit. So we have to walk according to truth. We have to walk according to faith. Everybody's not going to be doing what you're doing. Amen. You're called to a higher call. So you can't look at your friends. Your friends might not be going where you're going. Your family may not be going where you're going. Oh, yeah, the battle gets tough. It gets tough out there. Some folks quit talking to you. You don't even know why they quit talking to you. They just quit talking to you all of a sudden. She don't do nothing. She don't go nowhere. She thinks she did it to you, blah, 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 blah. You're called to a higher standard. To whom much is given, much is required. So if you are called out by God, and you say that, hey, I love the Lord, he heard my cry, he saved me, and I'm saved all day, I'm saved, we have to walk according to that. How are we going to witness to somebody else, and we still walking in sin? We still walking in the flesh. We can't tell nobody, put your beer bottle down, and, 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 and we got one too. We got our secret sins. We got our secret sins. 
So if we have our little secret sins, how can we be effective in truth? How can we be effective to our mission, to this journey, to winning souls? That's what it's about, winning souls. So the next verse says here, that we should stand and we should put on our belt of truth. I like to call it the belt of truth. Amen. Amen. So um, when I'm thinking of this scripture, I like to think of, I have an ex-boyfriend that was a police officer. I We dated during the time he was in the academy when he got the uniform. It was just amazing to me how the uniform all went together. Well, how do you do this? What's this for? What's that for? What's this for? What's that for? I wanted to know what everything was for. So um, the belt of truth, the belt of truth in the physical sense, now we're looking at, we're, we're comparing this lesson to our military and to our police, and we're going to put this in a spiritual sense. So that belt of truth, if you look at their belt, they got their weapons. They may have some water. They may have a radio, tasers, handcuffs. They got the, everything that they need around that belt <laughs> to be successful. It's on the belt. It's on the belt. So when we look at this belt in a spiritual sense, truth is our faith and how we live it out. And if we walk by faith and not by sight, we believe in what God says. We may not see, but we believe. Amen. According to Hebrews and 11, that if we have faith, amen, faith is not a visible thing. Faith is just not something that we just can open the door and be like, oh, yes, I see faith. I see it. I see it. It's coming. It's coming. No. But according to Hebrews 11, I'm sorry. I know it by heart, but I'm, I'm way ahead of myself. I'm, I'm way ahead of myself this morning. But I have to get this one and, and, and read it to you. But we do know that without faith, that it is very impossible to please God. That's the word, that it is impossible to please God without faith. I got my big Bible. Hebrews 11 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So we can't go looking for it. We just know that it's there. Where do we get our faith from? We go into the word. Where do we get our faith from? How we walk, how we live. Amen. Our daily living reflects the truth. Our daily living reflects our faith. And we don't fall to the tricks of the enemy because we know whose we are, and to whom we belong. When the enemy comes to us with lies, amen, 
We know this word, and we can go back and tell the devil, you are lying. This is what the word says. This is what the word says about me. I was uniquely made. I am the apple of God's eye. He is my father. We can go back and tell him, this this is what the word says. I'm a sinner saved by grace. We don't have to keep toiling in the same thing. We have to know that word so that when the devil, the enemy, comes to us with with um, all these tricks and these lies, we can tell them the truth. The next one is that we put on our breastplate of righteousness. Well, that's the bulletproof vest. Amen. That guards our front torso part. So when we put on the bulletproof vest, we know that we are protected from a frontal attack of the enemy, okay? You know, I used to say, you know, uh, people say backstabbers. A long time ago, they would say backstabbers. I said, no, they're not backstabbers no more. They're frontstabbers. They just come and they just, ugh, right there in your face. They don't hide. They do it right there in your face. And the enemy He's not going to hide. He's not trying to hide from you. Amen. With our righteousness before God ultimately depends on his grace and Christ's death for our sins. Paul refers to moral conduct and character. We protect ourselves from Satan's assault by living rightly. We keep hearing that over and over and over and over again. We got to live right. We got to have faith. That's what we keep hearing over and over again in this lesson. Again, the focus here is not on how much we behave in the moment of temptation, but rather on the need to prepare for such moments of temptation. We can't wait till we get to the point and be like, "Uh uh-oh, now what I'm going to do? If you're not prepared, you're going to fall. You're going to fall. You have to be prepared. If you prepare every day to go to work, you prepare for other things, you have to prepare yourself in this Christian race. You have to. Because the devil is going to lay down every snare and every trick that he can to get your focus off of God. I call him that. Little bitty stuff to keep your mind off of God, keep you from praying, keep you from serving, keep you from giving, keep you in bondage. He is going to do whatever he can to keep your mind focused on things other than God. The next one says, and you prepare and your feet shot the preparation of the gospel. Now, we know that police officers were special boots. Military men wore special boots. They have a special shoe that they have to wear as they're out in the field. Amen. I know that we're not just talking about per se shoes here, but when we go out and we hit the ground, number one, like I said, we have to prepare that ground through pray. Pray, pair. That's what I say, pray, pair. We just don't walk out the side and say, hey, I'm going to go over here today 
this is where I'm, I'm, I'm going to take this land. No, 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 no. We have to prepare. We have to prepare whether we're giving a sermon, whether we're going out to minister on the street corner, wherever we're going, we have to prepare ourselves for where the Lord is taking us. He's ordering our footsteps. We ask him, order, order our footsteps according to your word. But if we don't prepare, what are we going to do when we get there? What are we going to tell the people? Uh-oh, I'm going to come back tomorrow. Um, I had something to tell you, but we can't do that. Because guess what? The devil know the word just like we do. And if we're not prepared, when we go out, he'll trick you up every time. He'll convince you that you're not saved. He'll convince you that what you're saying is no truth to it. So that's why we diligently seek the Lord. That's why we prepare by reading the word. That's why we prepare by praying. That's why we prepare by fasting. That's why we walk according to our faith. That's why we live a holy life. Because the enemy will trick us up if we're not prepared to go out. It says, above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you may be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. So we know that when the police officers and the military go into battle, they have these, you know, shields that they put in front of them, you know, to protect them even more. That's the guarded, you know, peace that they have. But this verse evokes two images of ancient warfare to describe our conflict with Satan. The shield to which Paul refers is the large symbol-looking prayer. It's like a brass-looking thing. And we know brass is heavy. It says, the shield can be locked together with soldiers standing shoulder to shoulder, standing shoulder to shoulder, to form a virtual protective wall of wood and leather. I say a brass, because guess what? We on this line are intercessors. We on this line are part of the fivefold. We, especially those that are intercessors, we guard the wall. We have to be the watchmen that stay on the wall to guard the wall. If we don't stand together in prayer, if we don't come in agreement together in prayer, if there is a a place in the line that can be broken, the enemy is going to go right through that line. But if we're standing full force, shoulder to shoulder, there is no way that the enemy can come through that line. But once again, we got to stand. We can't be worried about it. We can't get distracted. We have to stand. Stand with one mind, with one purpose, one praying to one God. We got to stand in oneness. We got to be in unity. 
We can't say, oh, no, that's her over there. I'm not going to be worried. That's her side over there. She's supposed to have that. No, 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 no. As soldiers in this battle, we have to stand together. We cannot do this by ourselves. We cannot do this without God's help. We have to stand together. We have to come together, praying together, believing God for the same thing, praying with like minds, praying with like spirit. We may not be in the same city. We may not be in the same state. But guess what? What we're praying on one accord is just like we're on the day of the Pentecost. Amen. We experienced that just yesterday. It was like we were in the same place at the same time. I felt it where I was, and I know that some of you felt it where you were. Ooh, Jesus. Paul's application of this imagery makes two points. First, he portrays faith as our protective shield, referring not only to our belief in and about God, but also to our trust in God's protection. Obedient faith shields us from temptations and difficulties, symbolized as the fiery darts of Satan. Second, the typical Roman youth reminds Paul's readers that there is strength in numbers. Amen. Where there is unity, there is strength. As we stand together, we become better able to protect ourselves. There was this village in Africa, the Boko Haram coming to that country trying to kill up the people. They stood. Everyone stood. You know what they did? They went to the next country, and guess what they did? Killed 3,000 people that day. 3,000 people. Next it says, put on the helmet of salvation and take the helmet of salvation as the helmet provides vital protection to the head. Assurance of salvation plays a key role in preparedness for spiritual warfare. We got to know that we're saved. We have to know that we're saved. We have to know that we're saved. These snares, these uh, the warfare, is going to intensify. We cannot waddle in concern. Amen. Uh, we cannot. We cannot be double-minded. We can't be unstable. We have to know that we know that we know that we are saved and that we are on the Lord's side. Paul also calls this helmet the hope of salvation. In addition to its defensive function, the Roman Soldier's helmet is distinctive style that indicates the world's nationality. Amen. When you go into the police department, you see that the police department, the SWAT team got their own helmet, the police department, this one got their own, even in the military, it's the same way. Everybody got their own different type of helmet that they wear. Similarly, salvation through Christ is distinctive that indicates where our 
allegiances lie. And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Amen. We got to take that word everywhere we go. That's enough seal right there. We got to take the word everywhere we go. I don't knock anybody for taking their cell phone, the church. Amen. I just like to hear the pages turning. I just like to know that I got the word and I can flip to it and, and do what I want. I don't have to worry about it dying. I don't have to worry about it acting up. I don't have to worry about none of that. But then, too, even if the phone dies, even if the eat on the page disappears, guess where the word ought to be? In our hearts. On our lips. Amen. That's where I swore it ought to be. In our hearts. On our lips. We should be able to quote that scripture. We should be able to have something for somebody. Amen. We shouldn't have to go back and, oh, let me research that. It should be something that we can say out of the Bible, some scripture that we can quote to encourage somebody else. Division three. Trying to hear from wrap it up. Praying always with our supplication, with our prayer and supplication in the spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for our saints. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Here we have. These key points, and I'm summing this up. We have, number one, he tells us to put on the whole armor of God. That's number one. Number two, he tells us that we need to stand. Number three, the point that he keeps driving to is that we need to pray. We need to pray. We can do nothing without prayer. If we are not praying and we are not in this word, if we are not walking according to God's purpose and his will for our lives, we are all out of order. And we know that God has everything in divine order. And if we are out of God's order, we cannot be successful in any area of our lives. I don't care if we've been saved for 50 years. We still got some stuff that we got going on because we are out of order. We have to make sure that everything lines up in God's divine order in our life. So that's when we go into prayer. After we've gone into battle, guess what? We can go back into the throne room and we can pray to God and we can talk to God about some of these things. He's going to give us some answers. He's going to give us some direction. He's going to tell us how to strategically handle situations. He's going to tell us how to strategically pray about some things. He's going to give us answers. He's going to talk to us. He's going to whisper some things to us. Sometimes we don't want to hear. Amen. You know, I said the um, selective hearing. We don't want spiritual selective hearing because if we're spiritually selective hearing, that means that we're spiritually deaf. So we need to make sure that when we go out to battle, once if we go out to work and come back home, we ought to come back home and pray to the Lord about the day that we had. 
If Sally Sue did something to hurt your feelings, we ought to come back to the throne room and pray to God, and God's going to give us some direction and tell us how to handle Sally Sue. Because understand that Sally Sue is nothing more than a trick and a plot of the enemy to keep you from being focused on God. You can walk out the house and you just had this great worship service, this great prayer service, this great Bible teaching, this great Bible study. Guess what? The enemy comes in like a thief in the night to steal the word, to steal your prayer, to steal your worship. So that you will feel like you have not gotten anywhere. You still stuck in the same old rut that you were in. So we have to know that we have to be prepared. We have to pray. That is our thing. We need to pray. And when we pray, God will unfold those mysteries to us. He will let us know things. Amen? Amen. Those of us that pray prophetically, those of us that have the prophetic gift, you, you don't get that just by coming in and going out. No. You lay and you pray and you lay and you wait. You diligently seek God. And he tells you the mysteries. He lets you see these things. Amen. That's why I love property so much. She lay before God. Amen. Amen. And then he says here, For which I am about an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Now he said the word boldly twice too. So we know as soldiers we got to be bold. We can't sugar or coat anything. We have to stand boldly on the word of God. When we go forth, we have to stand boldly. Amen. So I'm going to say those points again from the lesson. Number one, we got to put on the whole armor of God. Number two, we got to stand. Number three, we got to pray. And number four, we got to be bold. We do that through prayer, seeking God, living right, so we can stand. Amen. Most gracious and merciful Father God, we just thank you, Lord God. Lord, I thank you, God, for what you share with me, God. Lord, I thank you and I praise you, God, that your word, God, thank you, Jesus, never goes forth, oh God, without someone, God, receiving something, God. So, Lord God, I thank you and I praise you in advance, God, that the word, God, does not fall on deaf ears, God. Lord God, I thank you and I praise you, God, that we will purpose in our hearts, God, that each and every day that we will put on the whole armor of God. Each and every day, God, that we will stand, God, we will position ourselves together that we may stand, God. Lord, I thank you and I praise you, God, that we will be able to come together, God, and pray even more fervently, God. Lord, and I thank you, God, that we are bold soldiers, God, in your army, God. Lord, I ask, God, that you bless each 
and every intercessor, God, each and every person, God, connected to the message of Christ Church, God, connected to mega prayer, connected to prophetess staples, God. Lord God, I ask you, oh God, to prosper them in every way, oh God. I thank you and I praise you, oh God, that the word, God, make it them rich, oh God, that they receive, oh God, from this ministry, God. Lord, I thank you and I praise you, oh God, that as they go and prepare, God, to go into their day, God, Lord God, that you, God, will meet them there, Lord God, and that you, God, will give them a confirmation, God, Thank you, Jesus, that we may remain, God, focused on you, God, and that we will not lose our track, lose our space, God, with the little net, God, that continues to fly around us, oh, God. But, Lord, we just thank you and we praise you, God, for each and every intercessor, God, each and every intercessor, God. Bless their lives, oh, God. Bless their homes, God. Bless their families, oh, God. And then, Lord, God, we ask, God, that you would take care of the woman of God. Lord, let her lack no good thing, oh, God. Lord, God, we ask, oh, God, that you would bless her in the city. Bless her in the field, oh, God. Bless her as she come out and go in, oh, God. Lord, bless her family. Bless her children, oh, God. Lord, we thank you. We praise you, oh, God. Even, oh, God, for her family, God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God, we thank you, God, for the ministry, oh, God. We thank you, oh, God, for the places, oh, God, in which you will take this ministry, God. For us, in Jesus' name, we pray, and we ask it all, God. Amen and amen. Okay, thank you for contacting us and being a part of our Sunday uh, Bible school. Please join us on tomorrow morning at 6 a.m., I'm sorry, for our mega prayer. Amen. That number is 805-399-1000, and the access code is 420-123-POUND. Have a blessed and glorious day, and may the Lord Shekinah glory rain down on your church service today. Amen. Your conference recording has stopped.